Thanks again. We have one more speaker uh, before we go for the splinter sessions, which is uh, Professor Jean-Pierre Flandrois, um, specialist in bioinformatics from the University Claude Bernard in Lyon. Well, now we, we will have a look uh, at something which uh, is common in all the environment and especially in the habitats. It's uh, microbes. And uh, you may have uh, read these uh, alarmous uh, uh, papers about uh, the risk of uh, germs. The ISS uh, was filled with germs, potentially harmful, dangerous, and so on. And uh, in fact, it was all coming from this uh, very neutral paper about the microbiome. We will see what is a microbiome uh, in the dust particles. If we read the conclusion, nothing was alarmous. Um, no alarm in the conclusion. On, only the conclusion was that uh, the habitat was um, uh, associated with uh, human skin microbes. So there is some alarm sentences in the publication, of course. Uh, natural skin common soul is, is considered as opportunistic pathogen, so some bacteria may be pathogen. I translate, Propylenobacterium acnes, the bacteria is occasionally responsible, very rarely, of infection essentially linked to prosthetic material. It's, in fact, it's because we are mixing two uh, definitions. Uh, hazard is something what is, that is dangerous with the potential of causing damage and risk is the possibility of something bad happening and we express it usually by a probability. We are speaking of high or low uh, <coughs> risk. This is our definition from the WHO. This is exactly the problem we have in, the, in the closed habitats, facts and uncertainty. Um, in for human in isolated, heavily anthropized environment. We will use the ISS as an example to try to understand what is the type of microbial hazard. First, uh, we have to uh, speak a little more on, on uh, microbes. Microbes are prokaryotes, and there are numerous uh, genera and very numerous species, but much more are undescribed. And uh, we expect to have 100 to 1,000 uh, uh, or even less of a real diversity, which is known actually, currently. Um, in uh, the human flora, there are const uh, general constraints. The flora, the, the microbes, are in excess of nutrients plenty of glucose, peptides, and so on, plenty of water, good heat for mesophilic microorganisms. Microorganism. Mesophilic is typically these bacteria living it at this temperature. But they are competing with iron and oxygen with the human body, and there is a bias toward anaerobes or ioanaerobes, even in the skin. The, Largest microflora, so the largest microbiome, is 
the intestinal one, 10 to 12 cells per gram of feces, plenty of mesophilic microorganisms, essentially anaerobic or aeroanaerobic. And the contamination is done by skin and clothes uh, remaining after defecation, and we cannot afford this. From mouth and nose, we have plenty of bacteria, firmicutes essentially, and actinobacteria, mesophilic, adhering to the epithelium. You see here the bacteria. And the output is done by speech, three meters around me, and uh, breathe and sneeze. The hair on skin is a, has a constant dissemination power of uh, some typical bacteria. The skin is lipidic, so there are these bacteria and fungi are, and fungus are, fungi are lipidophilic, lipidophilic. We have actinobacteria, some fungi like Malassezia, which are human associated uh, fungus associated to skin. And uh, I have to stress the importance of hands and surfaces in the exchanges. Outside our body, the poor bacteria or the poor microbes have, uh, are stressed. They have a lack of nutrients, of, of, they are a lack of water, except in condensation water on water production system. And we are cleaning, disinfecting the surfaces and filtrating the air or treating the air like with the potok system in the Russian side of the ISS. I will use the result from uh, our colleague in Japan to see what are, are the bacteria on the surfaces. You see uh, staphylococci and firmicutes. Essentially, these bacteria are coming from the skin. Anterobacteria and gamma proteobacteria and so on are certainly coming from the gut and a few other uh, bacteria were have formed with or error because there are some problems with the technique. But the top genera are the, from skin origin. The main source of the bacteria in the, in, in the environment is skin origin and gut. Air is not a problem in the ISS. There is a low bio-burden. The air is dry, so we got only resistant microbes. And um, the origin is always human skin and intestine. For the water, we have, surprisingly, we were expecting to have quite nothing in water, but we have bacteria, always some uh, proteobacteria. And repeatedly, we have, in one third of the test, two species, Acidovorax, Temperance and Sphingomonas possimobilis, which are always, quite always present. This is the, is the clue of the presence of these bacteria in the tubing. In fact, all this coming from uh, contamination uh, in uh, coming from plants or soil, and uh, the contamination was from a polluted water tank. We have also some uh, vegetables, fresh vegetables sometimes, 
onions on the ocean side. And uh, the plant surface is containing bacteria, but there is a minimal impact, essentially because when eaten, there is a buffering, buffering effect of the human microbiome. The worst is the creation of hot spots. So we have to learn what is uh, an hot spot. It's a high amount of microbe in one place. Look here, you have plenty of fungus on this, in this area. They need water access and they build biofilm. In the dry zone, the flora uh, is exchanging. The hot spots are often in biofilm. These are highly adherent bacteria. There are multi-species uh, uh, biofilm, and they are making some adverse effects like leaching, pitting, clogging, and long-term contamination. Inside the ISS water circuit, we have sphingomonas and methylobacterium, we have seen. And these uh, hotspots uh, on biofilm are in sectors which are difficult to reach with moisture. Is it possible to evaluate risk of infection? So we have to, to make a risk analysis to estimate the risk for human health and safety and to implement appropriate measures and control. And of course, to communicate. The WHO has manuals explaining how to do the job. Pathogens are classified. For human, it's the WHO, but we have the same for animals on plants. And we can speak very, very quickly of class four and class three bacteria. Very, uh, they cause very severe human diseases, highly epidemics and so on. But the pre-flight survey of the, of the, of the uh, astronauts uh, give an absence of this bacteria. We have guaranteed an absence of this bacteria, no exposition, no probability of infection, so there is no risk. The class one bacteria are unlikely to cause human disease. Okay, that's non-pathogenic bacteria. The class two may cause human diseases. They are unlikely to spread and prophylaxis and therapeutic available. And we will consider only the class two so the WHO list has been extended up to 2,000 species, either in US or European level on many countries. These class two pathogens are most, uh, mostly opportunistic and come from the human microbiome. All comes from the human microbiome, much less from environmental origin. But of course, the list is increasing every day. So we have a list of names. Are the pathogen list really informative? No. Because there are variations of the pathogenicity due to the presence or absence of cluster of pathogenicity, of genes specialized in pathogenicity. And they are producing plenty of stuff which are very uh, harmful for humans and plants and so on. And more, they are exchanging between bacteria and the exchange is increased by stress. 
So we are not sure that one bacteria will be harmful or not, except if we know what is inside. So the list of pathogens is not informative. We have to look behind the name to and to, we need to substitute the function of the microbe to the name. And if we have only the name, it's only informative of the microbe potential. We have been discussing of opportunists. Opportunists are microorganisms who give that give infection in very specific cases of accidental wound, wound surgical wounds, and so on. But usually, we, have, we don't have this in the ISS in the crew. To estimate the risk, we have to estimate the mode of uh, exposition and to estimate the exposure, the amount of bacteria or of virus or of fungus and so on. For a given exposure, we have to, we have to make a quantitative assessment and this is only possible for water contamination because we have bacteria in a relatively high amount and uh, we can work with. But remember that the endogenous route is the main route of infection because we, have, we are completely um, full of microbes in the organism. So the probability to get an infection from the microbiome from the gut for instance, a urinary infection is much higher. We can use then the dose effect model. Here you have the probability of response, and here the log of the dose. The biggest the dose, the higher the probability of, of adverse effect. And this is usually done by modeling uh, of epidemics. This is very important to fix threshold for a given bacteria or a given microorganism. If we know the exposure level and if we know the dose effect curve, we can fix safety threshold. If we have the safety threshold, we can set up controls. But in our case, no data is available. But fortunately, the model is common for all pathogens. The smallest the dose, the lowest the probability. So minimizing the contact or injection minimizes the risk. With the evolution of the habitat in space, we have a new target population, which are plants. Plants are prone to infection. For instance, Pseudomonas are giving this in the salad. Ralstonia are destructing the potatoes and the tomatoes. And this may be partially controlled before flight, but it can be transmitted by seeds or coming from the intestine of human also. And this is a completely new risk, uh, risk assessment to do. But microorganisms are present in plants. There are very numerous bacteria in the roots. We call it rhizosphere. And we have also known pathogens in this rhizosphere and uh, E. coli and so on. And the roots can be colonized and act as a hot spot. So fuzzy knowledge, fuzzy management, currently the approach is to try to reduce the exposure level. This is not a space-specific condition. We have the same for clean room, for intensive care unit, industrial clean room, isolated life area, planes, and so on. 
and in many cases the safety thresholds are missing or determined arbitrarily. What can we do? We can create a database of adverse effects to link microorganisms to any negative effects. This database doesn't exist currently. We can use the potential of genomics to extract from the genomes, and there is very numerous genomes available. The, pathogen, the information on pathogenicity insulin, and we can also construct network of genes, protein, and interaction. We will soon be able to sample in space uh, because we have an, an automated sample preparation system we will be able to sequence all the DNA of the bacteria and bioinformatics is growing rapidly and, and will be automatized. So the deep, the deep knowledge of the microbial status with adverse effect will be possible. Will be, um, uh, possible. The next step will be to anticipate the negative effect and the idea is to identify the pathogenic the pathogenicity island from the metagenomic analysis of the whole genome contents, constructing network of genes and so on, and correlating with the adverse database. So, on this basis, the survey of the microbial steady state which enable the choice of effective but minimal countermeasure, and we can also orient, orientate the steady state either for the cabin or for the human microbiome and improving the life support in space on, on the Earth will be possible. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jean-Pierre. So we'll take one question also. Huh. You, someone who didn't ask questions so far. Um, it's it's uh, theoretically possible because the regulation of genes is modified in space. Uh, microgravity um, is uh, uh, stressing the bacteria, and we have a higher uh, expression of the toxin genes. Uh, it's, this is well known, and we have also exchanges of genes which is increased in space. So a, a non-pathogenic bacteria may, uh, may get the genes, the, the pathogenicity island, from another one with a higher probability than on Earth. And this is why it's more important to detect the pathogenicity islands on all the adverse genes than, and, and also to know if they are effective than to identify simply the, the, the bacteria. Okay, thank you. I think we'll stop here. Anyway, you are around if you have some more questions. Okay, so thank you for your attention and your patience. And now we are going to ask you to brainstorm, to start the brainstorming. So each of you have a number in the back of your label here.